Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Matt Corey, Chief Marketing Officer at the PGA Tour. Matt, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So today we're going to jam about how the PGA Tour is growing and engaging their fan base and the opportunities that are out there. But first, I wanted to have a little bit of fun to sort of set the stage on this because we're both golfers, albeit probably at different levels on this show right now. But let's start with this. Have you ever hit or seen a hole-in-one in person? <laughs> uh I have come close, but I don't have one for myself, um, which is killing me. I, even if it bounces off a tree and goes in, I'd love to get one at some point. Um, I have witnessed one from a friend of mine like 10 years ago. And then well, the funny thing is, is I witnessed another one um, on FaceTime about a month ago. A buddy of mine was playing his home course in Austin, Texas long downhill par three, like a 60 foot drop drains it immediately FaceTimes me as he's rambling down the cart. His name's Andy Spratt and he gets down and he runs up and he, and his little boy is there. And like, he shows me the video of him freaking out and showing the ball in the hole. So I sort of witnessed that one too, but not one of my own. I need one of my own. And that is really an ideal par three to get a hole in one because we all sit there and we get to hit a, a lighter club because of the downhill lie on my end. I have not hit one, nor have I seen one, but every single time I step up to a par three and I mean, every single time I call my shot because you've got to say that I'm like, it's a great day for a hole in one right here because when it does happen and it will inevitably happen, I want to make sure that I was the one who called it because there's, there's a mental side of golf. And it's one of the areas where I can get a stroke or two on people by being a little bit mentally sharper. Absolutely. And you know, hold the pose no matter where the ball goes, right? Whatever. <laughs> of course. Number two, who would be in your ideal foursome and you can choose three other athletes. They don't just have to be golfers, but you get to create your ideal foursome who's sitting there with you in the other three. Boy, that is a, that is, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd have to choose like a couple of golfers at least. I mean, I think that, I don't know, there's so many interesting guys on tour or that, that have been on tour. If I have to pick people that are, alive and well today. I, I think Phil Mickelson would have to be one of them. Maybe he's just, just the amount of smack talk that would go on during the round of golf, I think would be incredible, let alone the betting that I couldn't afford to participate in, but <laughs> I think it'd be fun to, to watch it all happen. Um, I think a guy like Justin Thomas is just funny as hell. I think he's a, a really a, a good guy, a good young guy who's an up and comer, who's got a great personality. He'd be fun to play with. Um, and then you throw in somebody like, like a, I don't know, like an Emmett Smith. I'm a Florida Gator. Uh, maybe even like a Kevin Hart or, or no, I tell you what, here's who it'd be. It might be somebody like Will Ferrell. So I got to meet him once in Austin, Texas when he was doing a charity event out there. Um, and he was just the nicest guy. And I, so if I can have fun laughing um, and enjoying myself playing golf, not taking it too seriously, 
that's a dream scenario, no matter who would be in the foursome. Well, Matt, I love where your head is at because as I thought about mine, the last person I was going to put in was Phil Mickelson, which is crazy for me to think about because I've always been a tiger guy, but it's more re it's more recently than on the back half of Phil's career. And we're going to get to this when we talk about the social media side of things, it's the back half of Phil's career where his personality has been able to shine with his fireside chats with Phil. And then we saw it in the match, how he was able to talk a little bit more about it. And of course the betting side of things, Phil's notorious. Obviously, when you have skills like he has, of course, you'd want to do things like this. So Phil was on my list, but I liked where you were going. So here's mine. Number one is Charles Barkley because I love the NBA. I love golf. And Charles is notorious in the golf world, one for his swing, but two, from a personality standpoint, he's just someone I want to meet and get down with. Number two for me, who is actually number one, is Mario Lemieux. I'm from Pittsburgh originally. I'm a diehard Penguins fan. And Mario is the greatest hockey player of my lifetime. He's the owner of the Penguins and saved the team. And Mario is an incredible golfer. So he is a level of excellence everywhere. And I'm moving Phil out because when you said Will Ferrell, I was like, I really like where you were going with that. I'm going with Will Smith because when – I love excellence and Will Smith. I loved him at Fresh Prince, watched him through the movies. Creatively, he inspires me. He's someone who does good for the world. So when I look at the overall foursome, Charles, Mario, and Will Smith, I feel like I've got a little bit of everything from my foursome that's going to make it an incredible experience. I'm going to change mine going forward when I have this question in the future. I, I, I like some of yours and I'm going to steal them. So that's great. I love it. So, all right, now let's get to what's cooking with the PGA tour in one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because I believe one of the big winners of the last year has been the sport of golf because so many of us have been at home for extended periods of time. We're not going out to eat or bars or to play basketball or to do these other things. So there's a lot of isolation. And then all of a sudden, what is something that you can do where there's nobody else around you And golf was one of those answers. And I'm someone who lives in Chicago in the city. And I grew up golfing my entire life, probably from when I was seven through post-college, I was an average golfer. I'm a weekend warrior. I loved it. But then when I moved to Chicago, I sold my car and didn't have one for five plus years until the pandemic hit. So golf was no longer accessible to me. I didn't have a car. Uh, golf also takes four, five, six hours if we're going to do uh, a round of 18. And that just didn't fit my lifestyle as um, a working professional entrepreneur who loves sports, but just didn't fit into what I was doing. But then all of a sudden, when I'm not going to Cubs games and I'm not going to Bulls games and there's no street festivals and there's no Lollapalooza, man, golf started to look a lot more attractive. And then my friends started to play a lot more. And then golf's one of the first things that we're starting to see on TV. And now all of a sudden, golf seems like there is a gigantic opportunity for it from a growth standpoint. Can you talk about sort of your mindset over the last year for golf? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. That was very well said. You look at the resurgence that the sport has had um, this last year. I think the number was over 600,000 kids picked up the sport. Uh, like a 25% growth over previous record highs, which 
is an incredible number. Uh, the, the, the amount of rounds played, which is tracked within the industry, was up like 13, 14% last year, which is, uh, again, an incredible number. I think people are also starting to realize that golf doesn't have to be 18 holes at a country club. It could be going to the driving range. It could be having fun at a top golf or a drive shack. It could be uh, just playing nine holes for an hour and a half, you know, late in the day uh, when you can squeeze it in before the sun sets. And it doesn't have to be four to five to six hours. However, anytime I can get four or five hours with my buddies on a golf course, not staring at my cell phone, maybe having a few drinks and listening to music and not taking the game too seriously, that is like a mini vacation. So explain to me what could possibly be better. And oh, by the way, to your point, we can do it in a safe, socially distanced way. Um, I, it, it, it hits all the right numbers. I think the key now is how our sport continues to um, take the folks that have come into the game and the new folks that will continue to come into the game this year and um, help them stay, you know, make it stick, like really invest in making sure they're having fun in the sport and they've got a lot of different options. Uh, but we also, as an industry, you know, need to continue to broaden the definition of golf. And like, here's my example. Let's say you and I decide to play a game of pickup basketball in my driveway, just because there's no referees and we're not wearing uniforms doesn't mean it's not basketball. You know, one of our senior executives within the industry gave that example recently, and it really resonated with me. You know, golf can be different things to different people and it's pretty fun, you know? So the whole knock, the, the industry used to get the knock on like, oh, golf takes like four or five hours. Yeah, sign me up. That's like a mini vacation. Are you kidding me? We all need those breaks every once in a while. So for me, that's actually been one of the blessings of golf is I love disconnecting without my phone. I love being around my friends and I love being out in nature. So I want to sort of double down on this concept that you talked about of the social aspect with your friends, because I believe that's actually one of the more opportunistic things that golf can lean into because my perception heading into this year was golf is an older demographic that may not necessarily appeal to the younger generation as much. But then when you think about um, sort of the opportunities that golf has, uh, friends who go on bachelor parties who say, you know what, we're going to do a giant scramble for the four of us, 16 of us or whatever. And there's a camaraderie. And I feel as a fan of golf in the PGA tour that I would like that side expressed a little bit more in some semblance. And I think the best way I can describe this is last year, the NBA all-star game and weekend was in Chicago. Ironically enough today in this weekend, one year ago is when it was. And I had no expectations of what I was going to experience from it, but my number one takeaway or winner from the entire weekend was NBA culture that the people who were there were all rocking Jordans or Yeezys or some kind of awesome shoes. And they're all rocking throwback hats or Mitchell and Ness. And they all are suited and booted and they look really good. And it just spoke to what basketball is. It's one part hip hop. It's one part playing basketball in the driveway. It's one part loving dunks and highlights and Michael Jordan. It's one part debating about things with your friends and I see that in golf because 
put any of us around a group of people who golf and especially after a round, they'll tell you every shot. They'll tell you everything that they're working on. We have fun laughing at our friends who on the first tee hit the ball four inches. We have fun when our friends throw clubs, when they get it in the sand, when we hit an eight, when we four putt, all of these different things. And it's, and maybe I'm getting to the relatability of it, plus the culture of it, that that to me is the biggest opportunity in golf and where I would like for it to shine more. Yeah, no doubt. And I think people are starting to, in general, have a greater appreciation, you know, in this, in this world we've lived in for the last year. I think everybody is suddenly having a much greater appreciation for the things that we all took for granted, whether that's hugging a loved one, uh, being able to travel to see a loved one, um, or spending time with friends, you know, and being able to do the things where we personally connect. And whether that's going to a live event, you know, people haven't been able to go to a golf tournament or, you know, another sporting event. And so the, the next time we're able to go to a PGA Tour event or get out on a golf course and just be with friends, it's like a blessing. It's not like, a, oh, okay, well, our tee time's at two. Here we go again. It's like, man, this is, this is great. I get to get out of the house, you know, and that's not a bad thing. So I think there's going to be a greater appreciation. You're also going to see, I can tell you for sure, you're going to see the golf industry over the next several years invest in bringing a bigger, broader perspective to our sport. When you see Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth playing barefoot in the Bahamas because they're vacationing together and they're literally barefoot playing golf. That's golf. It's not triple pleated pants and old white guys. Like it's a fun sport where a lot of different people can play and we need to showcase that and fan those flames even more. So along those lines now, yes, and that let's talk to the content side of things. So one of the things I really enjoyed was the match in the match two, where all of a sudden these golfers are mic'd up and we can hear a little bit more about the thought process of what's going in their head, because I could only imagine what it would have been like if Bubba was mic'd up at Augusta when he's hitting it around that tree or anything that Phil's ever done and how that allows us to capture the moment even more because you think about the most memorable golf moments we've ever experienced in our life. And I think certainly when Tiger Woods chipped in and the, the world just erupted as the ball sat there on the edge and then goes in there right now. Well, imagine if there was more of a content rich experience and shout out to Vern Lundquist, who I believe was on the call because I love Vern. It's just, it's silent here. He comes with his soft voice and Jim Nance. I love all of that, but I would like an inside the game type aspect where we can allow some of this personality a little bit more someone pulls out the driver they're like let's grip it and rip it where is the sort of innovation when it comes to that side because to me that's where personality comes out yeah again you think about the fan experience to everything starts with the fan experience whether that fan experience comes to life through tv through digital platforms social platforms through more content you know we can't build enough content that show our players inside and outside the ropes and their personalities and there's so many examples of that. Um, we're going to continue to experiment with different innovations, with different ways of allowing the fans in, um, whether that's through, there's so many, so many different things, you know, whether it's through miking players up, whether that's through, uh, you know, who knows where we could go. I, I, I'd personally love to see 
when a player hits some crazy, amazing shot up around a tree as they're walking up to the green, you know, is there an opportunity for somebody to get in there and say, you know, Hey, Jordan, how did you do that? Like, how did you, what were you thinking? You know, Hey, Phil, when you decided to go through the trees, tell us about it. And so we're starting to get a, a little bit more sense of that. And for, for people that love the drama of sporting events, just listening to a player talk to a caddy about what he's about to do or what she's about to do. That's cool. Like that's the mentality of a world-class athlete. And they're about to do something that the rest of us are like, no way he's not going to hit it through that through wait over that limb and under that branch. Like he's going to do what? And um, that's fun. So I think you're going to see the PGA tour continue to experiment in things like that. Uh, getting feedback from the players as well. Uh, on what they'd like to do, what's possible, um, you know, while maintaining the great experience and the integrity of the game, but also continuing to innovate. And that's our responsibility to our fans. I actually think that there is both an opportunity and a challenge in what you said. And what I wrote down here is performance versus branding. So I'm visualizing uh, Thursday through Sunday, someone hits a shot, boom, it's good here. Uh, these players are doing this professionally for their lives. So there's a performance aspect or we're introducing something new. And this is nothing new in the world of sports because in between timeouts, here's Steve Kerr being interviewed by TNT on what's going on with the Warriors during their 10-0 run where Steph hits two threes. But now bringing that to the golf side of things, uh, one, would it only be on good shots? Two, if something bad were to happen, how does that work? And you're then going to be exposed to players of, of different levels who say, I'm so dialed in, I don't want to talk to anyone. Or we move over to the branding side of things, and I think there's a big opportunity for a certain segment of golfers, or probably all of them, to be more candid in all of this. When you hit something good, boom, here's someone who's a good interview. And even if it's just a quick little sign, uh, sound bit, that we get there. I see it and it would take um, a certain type of player who understands branding. There might be some education component on your guys end to say, listen, guys, people want to gravitate towards you and find out more about you. And I think a great example for me would be someone like Tony Finau in my circles. We know him as a guy who just crushes top tens, but I don't know a ton about that guy, but he could have an amazing personality that I would love to see because as you're rooting for some of these players, we want to go to the next level. And when you can add some personality to it, AKA the branding side, to me, that's where the gold is. Cause then we can really get to know what's going on with the player in the moment. Yeah. By the way, he's one of the nicest guys on tour and he's got an amazing backstory and personality. Such a nice guy. And, but how do we make sure fans know more about him, right? So whether that's through the production of content that could be available 24 seven on all of our different platforms or more in the moment scenarios or a combination of all those things. Again, our responsibility is to continue to find ways to raise the bar on the fan experience and to give them greater access. And, and there's ways to work that out. To your point, I think a lot of athletes are learning from other athletes in other sports. You know, they're, they're seeing what's going on with players being mic'd up in the NFL or whatnot. And uh, the experience will be different. Everybody's got a different personality. Some people are going to say, I'm fine doing anything before and after the round. I don't want to talk during the round. They may change their mind in two or three years. You know, if they just hit some crazy shot and they hole out from the fairway from 180 yards 
and they're celebrating and high-fiving, they may be totally fine talking about that for the next 60 seconds as they walk up before they get their ball out of the hole, right? So there's a lot of opportunity going forward. There's a lot of things that we want to continue to, to work on, both with our media partners, our players, um, just to try to always focus on raising the bar for our fans. So one thing I'm curious about is let's call it golf format. So we saw how many people tuned in for the match one and two. And I remember growing up how much I loved the skins games and these non-traditional formats in golf that there's nothing that says I have to watch a specific tournament when I might just like these four players there. So we've got that opportunity there, but then we also have an opportunity for what if golf was chopped up differently than nine holes or 18 holes? Like it's always been this thing where what if the holes are bigger or we've even seen things where people are kicking a soccer ball into a, a golf. golf hole. Right. So the exploration of in the name of the love of the sport or the spirit of the game to say, all right, Rob, I'm in Chicago right now and there is a foot of snow outside and I'm in my house. I would love to have some capacity of golf somewhere. What are your thoughts on what can be done from a format standpoint where could you see a world where skins games between golfers could be as good or better from a viewership standpoint than maybe a full round coverage from the John Deere classic? Potentially. I think that, I think it's all about the balance between those things. You got tournaments and you've got, you know, all of our, all of our players are independent contractors, right? So they've got to earn money to earn a living to stay on the tour. So there's a critical piece of like maintaining the structure and integrity of the tour while supplementing that with other opportunities, right? So you started to see us even with Wednesday pro-ams and Wednesday sort of four guys competing over nine holes for charity before the tournament starts on Thursday. We've done that throughout the, the last fall, the last several months. And and so just trying to innovate, those guys are mic'd up. They're talking smack to each other and having a great time, showcasing their own personalities, but giving viewers something different to, to tune into. And it's all for a great cause. And so the more that we can do that, uh, the more money we can raise for charity and, and, uh, and giving back to the communities in which we play, that's an added benefit. And the fans get the benefit of something new and different. And, you know, let's keep in mind, like, how do you even bring men and women into this? How do you bring celebrities and non, non tour pros? And, and I, I think there's a variety of opportunities for different things uh, as we continue to grow the sport. Um, and those, I think that they will, will, will continue to evolve, you know, in a balanced way, because we've got a lot of events on the PGA tour that we have to run as well uh, throughout the year. I think it's 46 in gen, on an average year. And this is like the super season this year because there's so many majors and the Olympics and more tournaments and events. It's literally just like nonstop. It's awesome. You can't, you can't uh, get enough. We mentioned Phil Mickelson at the top, and I wanted to briefly touch on the social component side of things, because it's one of the things that has endeared myself and so many other people, the fireside chats with Phil. And I also look at what else does well on Instagram. You've got golf trick shots and there's just so much that we want to go deeper in and I'm curious on your thoughts on the role that social media plays for 
the golfers themselves. So seeing what someone like Phil does and how that has opened up a brand new community of people, because what Phil Mickelson does is passes the mom test. And you know what the mom test is? If I ask my mom, do you know who Phil Mickelson is? Is the answer yes or no? LeBron James passes the mom test. Uh, Michael Jordan passes the mom test. Tony Finau, not sure if it's going to pass the mom test. No shade on Tony Finau, just it's the mom. It is what it is. And I think Phil has done a good job of passing the mom test. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's also been around a lot longer than Tony. So give Tony time, right? We'll all give Tony <laughs> time, of course. But um, yeah, I, I think that, I think that players today are starting to understand um, the, the power of social platforms for good, not just for their own personal brand, but for good. Uh, and they're seeing that the, they're seeing examples again in other sports of what athletes are doing and what not to do. You know, there's a lot of what not to do. Uh, you know, I tell my daughter, I'm like, okay, social media is forever. If you post something, just be careful. Like, don't, don't, don't go there when you're pissed off or angry, like sleep on it and then decide if there's something else you want to post. But uh, players are starting to engage with fans especially the younger players um, in ways that they've never done before, right? Whether that's Sergio Garcia helping a couple get engaged on the 17th hole of the players championship, uh, whether that's um, guys like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and others that are giving back. You, you look at so many of the players on tour that, that use their platforms to raise awareness for causes that they're passionate about. That's cool. That's, that's really, really good. That's a good thing. Let alone the fun stuff, the fun content. Uh, and then you see other athletes, you see Mike Trout, who's chipping off of his balcony in his house into a cup on the first floor. And he's going crazy. I mean, he's inside, he's having fun and he's just playing, he's playing golf in his house. Right. And so there's a lot of ways to get involved in the sport, but certainly uh, social media continues to be a fun one. And, and even like the, one of the most fun examples is Max Homer, right? Max bursts onto the scene uh, by, because somebody said, Hey, make, you know, roast me, like critique my swing. And he's, it's like that. It's like that kid has a, a staff of professional writers behind him and he's he's so funny about his responses and people love it. They can't get enough of it. And all of a sudden we see the side of a PGA tour player that otherwise we might not have never known existed. Right. So as long as players are using their platform to showcase the fun side of their personality and their brand and, and, and letting fans and other people, the moms, et cetera, get to know them a little bit more. It's good for sport. It's good for the game. It's good for everyone. I absolutely love that. So as we get out, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to share about what's going on with the PGA tour or golf or innovation or fan engagement or anything that's on your mind is sort of some final thoughts. No, I, I mean, I, you know, Rob, you personally talk about being a positive force for good. I think the best thing that the PGA tour can do is to continue to try to be that force for good, not just for local and national charities, um, which is a huge part of the PGA Tour. I think we surpassed $3 billion uh, in giving last year. Um, more importantly, we need to continue to, um, how, how should I phrase this, be constantly paranoid about whether or not we're bringing great experiences to our fans. How do we give fans more access? 
when a young player is up on the leaderboard on a Saturday, do we have content about that player that NBC or CBS can cut to? Do we have more and more content about our players on our website where you can go see and learn about the new coming, you know, the rising stars? There's a ton of content about Tiger and Rory and Phil and others, but there are a lot of incredibly good, talented, fun personalities on the tour. You're going to see the PGA Tour invest more time and effort and money in showcasing our players and working with our players on the things that are important to them uh, more so than ever before so that our fans can get to know them. And the more they get to know the players, the more they're going to tune in and watch and cheer for these guys and, and, and relate to some of the things that they've been through in their life to get to the, the point where they are now. Um, we can't do enough of that. And we're going to continue to do more and more in the spirit of putting the fan first, putting the fan in the center of every decision we make and just trying to be a better brand and be a more, an even more inspiring sport for those fans. Matt, absolutely loved this conversation. And I think the fact that you came on this show to sort of jam and share about what's going on in the PGA Tour gives me excitement and inspires me about what's to come because I want to see the PGA Tour succeed. I love the opportunities that are there. I love the sport of golf. I want more people to consume golf. I want to go deeper with the players and the content and live in that world because there's a huge opportunity there. Where can everybody connect with you in the PGA Tour? Well, I, you know, the good news for us is, and, and this is, you mentioned this, you know, since, the, the, since our return to golf last June, shut down for 91 days, we are regularly on TV every weekend, right? Every Thursday through Sunday, there's a golf tournament going on. So you can find us on CBS and NBC, obviously, PGATour.com, and, um, you know, follow us on Instagram, et cetera. There's one other thing I'll mention that's coming up that's really, really fun when we talk about putting the fan first. At the Players' Championship on Thursday, March 11th, okay, something brand new when we, can, when we really focus on continuing to innovate and bring fun experiences. We're going to offer, so we have, we, we have PGA Tour Live, right, where you can subscribe and get all kinds of incredible access to live, live golf, live tournament coverage every single week. Um, we're going to do something really cool on Thursday, March 11th. We're going to offer through PGA Tour Live for free to everybody across the United States access to every shot live at the Players' Championship. You'll be able to pick your player and watch every single shot that that player hits live in real time completely for free through PGA Tour Live. So that's going to be a, this whole new experience for fans. And I think that we're going to, we want a lot of fans to lean in and give us feedback on what they liked, what they didn't like, so we can improve it going forward. But imagine the possibilities of that type of technology in the future. Uh, it opens up a lot of doors and it's exciting. So you just, sure you just opened up a in. brand new can of worms because that is something that every golf fan has wanted when you're ready for, whether it's some of the majors and it's like, we'll get to you at 2 PM. We're like 2 PM. No, I want to watch every shot. Like I, I want to sit there and I want the masters to be like March madness. The second, the first shot goes off. I want to be able to sit there with my friends and say, I'm taking off work the next two days or four days because I'm sitting here and watching every single one of the majors, every single shot, because we will. And I think that's the thing that's been the biggest challenge for golf fans. We want to watch every single shot. So I love that. Yeah. March 11th. It's the first day of the tournament this year. It's 
it's the first biggest tournament of the year or the calendar year. And uh, we're going to have all the top guys here. So it'll be a fun experience and one that we'll learn from and we'll, we'll continue to improve, but it's going to be really fun and really unique in the sport. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Holy smokes, Batman. Was there a lot of good stuff there? I'm curious, where's your golf fandom right now? If we're going to rate it on a scale of zero to 100, where are you at? I'm also curious who is in your ideal foursome. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. I definitely want to hear from you. You can also hit up baconsports.com. We would love to be able to help you create some amazing sports content.